Julie felt sorry for the volleys, the members of the local volunteer ambulance corps. At least she and Matt were being paid to be there. Then again, no amount of money was worth witnessing the carnage that was lying before them. Matt had done the unwelcome task and already pronounced one of the girls dead. It was an obvious death, obvious to anyone. Trying her best not to step into the pool of blood or disturb anything else vital to the crime scene investigation that would follow, she finished preparing the one girl who was still alive for transport. A young man in his late twenties or early thirties, Julie wasn't sure without reading the patient care report, had been burnt when his shirt has caught fire. He was sitting huddled and guarding his severely burnt arm as Matt treated him. He looked scared and in shock at the events around him, and wouldn't look at any of the police officers who had responded. Julie assumed that it was his need to deny the trauma. A broad-shouldered officer came through the door and took command of the scene. He seemed hardened to the butchery, almost as if he had seen too many gruesome scenes, just like this one. Dressed in a dark blue baseball jacket, open-collar knit shirt, and khaki pants, he donned a pair of latex gloves he'd carried in his pocket and began an almost detached visual inspection of the room. The springy snap of the elastic gloves stretching to fit his large hands was in sharp contrast to his motionless stance. Other officers at the scene deferred to his judgment and took instructions from him as he calmly took in the entire scene. He was concerned with the best way to collect the pertinent evidence to tell the story of what had happened. As Julie and one of the ambulance crew members moved the surviving girl to the gurney, she risked a quick look at the tall officer's dark eyes and noted there was a thinly disguised veil of dismay. He had intrigued her with his stony expression and seemingly aloofness to the horrors, and his complete focus on the collection of relevant clues. Somewhere in the recesses of her mind, it was a comfort to Julie that the cop was not completely indifferent to this horror or detached from the human cost. For Matt and Julie, their tour of duty had started out like many others. There had been a call to a minor motor vehicle accident, another for chest pains, and one more for a cancer patient who needed to go to the hospital for treatment. Many of the upstate New York communities had contracted with paramedic services to complement the existing ambulance corps and provide emergency medical response. Whether paid or unpaid, the certified corps always responded with emergency medical technicians who were capable of handling most emergencies. When the paramedics were dispatched as well, IV drugs and additional hands could often help make critical differences when necessary. This call had gone out over the radio for a burn victim, so none of the responding police, firefighters, volunteer ambulance crew, nor paramedics were prepared for what they found when they reached the isolated tool shed. From the outside, the grayed wood seemed serene enough, and the one small window had been caked over with dirt. She didn't think that she would have given the shed a second glance under normal circumstances, but this was far from normal. No one had anticipated the horror scene inside. Two young women were staked to the dirt floor. Both had bled profusely from the various wounds. Although one was still alive, barely breathing after severe mutilation and a huge loss of blood, the other had been burned and was only the charred remains of who she once was. Julie wasn't alone in her prayers for the young woman who had died long before the flames had destroyed her body. It didn't look like she had struggled, and yet her mouth was open. 
Julie feared that she might have died screaming. She had still been smoldering when the fire department had arrived, and the puddle of water around her had quickly turned into mud. The young man told them tearfully that he tried to douse the flames and had been injured when his shirt sleeves caught fire. If he hadn't run from the remote little building into the night, none of them might even have been discovered until they had all perished. A passing motorist with a cell phone caught sight of the young man running with his clothes on fire and dialed 911 before he got out to help. Apparently, a second man, the monster responsible for the imprisonment and torture of these three young people, had already disappeared into the murky darkness. The police were questioning the male victim while Matt finished cutting away his charred shirt sleeve. He said his name was Andrew and that he and the other man had picked up the two girls in a bar in Westchester.